Absolutely. Hey guys, we're doing something different on the fly tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I didn't know that uh, my cell phone doesn't have international calling. And tonight, I'm really excited to bring this guy to you. Uh, I found this man. Actually, I think he liked one of my tweets one night. And I got to doing some research and listening to this. You've heard me talk about Dirty Honey. You heard me talk about the sound from back then when I was growing up and that rock sound that I, that I really loved and I was looking for. Well, guess what? I found another one. And these guys are great. Straight out of Canada. Straight out of Canada. Yeah, straight out of Canada. <laughs> Taman Sorry. And with me tonight is the voice of Taman Sorry, Mr. Warren Meredith. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is awesome. Yeah, and, and there may be guys. Another thing I need to explain to you: there may be a little lag in this, and we're because my internet. You've heard me say it several times. The reason I do phone interviews, my internet sucks. It sucks a big one. But uh, we're gonna try it tonight. I don't know how how we'll do, but we're gonna try it. And I appreciate uh, Mr. Warren uh, being patient with me. And I think he went out. There he goes. There he goes. All right. I so so I'm still here, but I just I tried going without the video for a second. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. So let's let's talk about growing up. Growing up in Canada, were you a big time music fan from the start? I mean, as long as you can remember, because I know, I know when I grew up, when I was like five years old, my cousin introduced me to Kiss. I'm a huge Kiss fan. And uh, Destroyer, he showed, he put the album in Hell front yeah, of yeah, me, yeah. and I we listened, and I listened to it, and I was hooked, and I have been ever since. But for, how how early can you remember being a music fan? Um, yeah, definitely right from the get go. Uh, or some kind of music, it really gets us going. And as a kid, I remember going to. Uh, it was like a street, like a street fest in the town. I grew up in a small town of about 1400 people. Um, so we consider ourselves country. And, um, you know, where I grew up, it was like a little, little street festival and they had a band out and they were playing oldies music. And I must have been about five. But I remember going back to that for the next like three or four years and seeing that cover band uh, come out and play all the good old rock songs. And I loved it. Like, I want to stay out as long as I could. And um, you know, uh, everything, uh, like I said, I have that country influence, um, right. because I did grow up in a farming community. I'm not a farmer at all. I mean, uh, God, I, I got bullied by a lot of farmers to be honest with you, but, but I mean, they're all my friends now. They're all good guys. And, oh, yeah. um, I mean, I, I took dance as a kid. I was in theater. Uh, I had a, I was a bit of a weird guy in the country but i still loved it and i still love the atmosphere and i i like working hard which is country um but i have that rock and roll energy so i think that's where you kind of get this blending uh with the set the southern sound necessarily fake but it's certainly not like your north carolina it's not like your your natural accent that you got going on yeah you like that southern accent don't you <laughs> and you think you think fourteen hundred is a small town? I'm a, I'm in a town right now of about a hundred and ten. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> so we're wow, on those... 110. 110. Wow, so you're yes. even, you're way out in the country. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, wow, you know, well, that's really cool. You know, you, you know, I think you, you probably know Chris, who Chris Daltrey is, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he grew he grew up in this town. He was a few years younger than me. He was right down the street from me. So we, yeah, I, I'm very very familiar when he's like he's like our big wow. claim to fame. So uh, so who was who was some of the uh, wow. who was That's some of the cool. what was some of the music you were listening to as a kid growing up? Um, my my first concert, like I listened honestly to a lot of stuff that my mom listened to because my mom bought cassette tapes like tons of them which was ridiculous now when i look back but she had a huge cassette tape collection so i listened to a lot of like dwight yoakam that was one of my first concerts oh yeah um i listened to all yeah i listened to all kinds of stuff like uh some canadian rock band i listened to the guess who um yeah. i listened to uh you know bert like uh as I got older, I guess Blink One Eighty Two would have been like one of the would have been one of the first bands I got into, or Our Lady Peace, or like more, some of the weirder bands for my age. I was never into the hard stuff. I was never into like a lot of my friends got into Slipknot. They got into uh, as I needed in my music, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. You said Dwight Yoakam was your first concert? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, thousand, thousand miles from nowhere. I, I was a, I, you know. That's people, right. People think, you know, when they, most of what I put on like Twitter and stuff is like rock stuff and, uh, you know, and mostly dealing with, I guess, what you call hair bands. But uh, yeah, I listen to, I can listen to anything from like Garth Brooks, uh, Motley Crue, New Edition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run DMC. I mean, the only real thing that I haven't got into is jazz yeah, exactly. and, and classical music. I mean, if it's good music to me, it's I, I don't mind listening to it. I'm not going to say I'm not listening to that genre anyway. But um, so when what inspired you? You said you were in theater and dancing. But what inspired you to get into music? Like what, what made you oh, yeah. start oh, yeah. with singing? Um, so I was, uh, I was mostly in theater growing up and then, uh, my mom would be in singing competitions and, uh, later on, like, God, I would have been like 21, 22 and I tried singing and I liked it. And I just, I had an ear to hold notes. I had an ear to, to find what I needed to do. And it was a slow build. It wasn't something that happened overnight where I was able to just, kick ass singing a song it took took a lot of time and effort but I did have some natural ability uh to grow off of and I was in a band when I was like 23 and that was fun and then the next band I was in I took it way more seriously and when that broke up it was like heartbreaking I thought okay I can never do this again and I got <laughs> I got out of it and then it pulls you back in but I'm happy it did. I'm happy the guys that found me, found me and uh, that they wanted to make this music because that's all like, it's hard to get everyone on the same page. Uh, you know, and that's something I was easy we to get talking. together and 
yeah, we were talking before we came on about my nephew listening to you guys, and he's big into it. He plays – he started playing drums, and he was talking about how hard it is to find, you know, guys are at his age that want to do music like this. So, I mean, you, you got really lucky. Yes, I did. I did. And we um, – our first EP that we recorded as a band, it didn't – it wasn't Southern rock. I would say it was more alternative rock. Um, but I knew a producer, we, a couple of us knew a producer in Toronto, which is our big city here in Canada. Right. It's, it, it's ridiculously small in American standards, but in Canada, Toronto is about, you know, between five and 10 million people in the area. So it, to us, it's like, ooh, it's the big city, you know? So uh, <laughs> we found a producer there. Yeah. And, and he loved. on a couple of Zeppelin albums and he's obsessed with that sound, um, that old sound that you're talking about. Um, that is, it, it, it was, I don't think it was around for long enough. It's, it's the Leonard Skinner sound. It's, uh, it's really like, it, it's Southern rock. That's what it is. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. he loves it and he studied it. And when he, when he heard our tracks, he was like, Warren's voice is Southern rock and I want to work with you guys but only if you want to work in this genre because to sell anything today you really got to know your genre and you got to say like i belong and fight for your for your spot of ground um because no one's going to give it to you does it's like no. any business it's like anything uh, no one's gonna no one's just gonna hand you a spot um everyone fights for their fights for their right to party you know we're all going <laughs> we're all going for that at the same time yeah so yeah how how did you these guys come about and find you? You talk about you you when you broke up with that other band, uh, you were you. How did you get real back in with these guys with Tame and Sorry? It's weird, but um, I I was going in another band for a few months trying it out, and it was more metal. It was very hard rock on the edge of uh, metal, and we did a show, and the drummer that I'm with now he was there. And he saw it and he was like, ah, I really wish that we could have this guy as our singer. And then a few weeks later, his singer left the band and he contacted me and I had just quit that thing that I was trying, whatever it was. And uh, I went out and met them and they're all French. So, which is where I live is in Ottawa. It's on the border of Quebec. So we can literally drive across the bridge and will be in a community that's all French and like the province is all French. So it was really interesting for me to drive across that bridge, go jam with these guys who musically we were getting along. We had a lot of fun, but I don't speak French very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and some of them didn't speak English very well, but we just found a way to make it work, you know? And uh, as time went on, uh, it, it's been about three, three and a half years now. And uh, we just made our first change at, uh, we changed our lead guitarist. Um, just, we announced it just today and yesterday. Oh, wow. And that's very hard because when you're with guys for, yeah, yeah. And it's our first change as a band. Like we haven't done that, any, any personnel changes yet, but um, this one happened and we announced it and we're excited about our new guy and going to be a lot of fun he's he's a little bit younger than me i mean i'm, I'm not going to say i'm old but the guy we brought in he's uh in his young 20s uh and he's wow. very skilled and 
he, he's, he, I'm excited. I'm excited with the new stuff and the new song that we're going to release on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Which I, I, I can't wait to release. Because the, the song we did before, it was called Loving Way. Big fan of that song. Thanks, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. Some people love it. Some people are like, oh, why didn't you sing nice? And, you know, that's just music for you. And I'm glad that I get to be in a, in a band where they let me try uh, different different things. So well, you know, there's, there's a few songs. Fun. And this one's the nice one. This one is. Yeah, there's a few songs that I, that I'm like, I told you before, Come and Save Me was, was when I first heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, this this is pretty awesome right here. Uh, and the loving way, and then uh, the, there was uh, that was off your thirsty from the drought, the debut album. Uh, yeah, and if you guys want to check that out, it's yeah. on Apple Music, it's on it's on Spotify. Check it out. I'm t- telling you from top to bottom. Oh yeah, songs. And if you yeah. like that that sound we're talking about, go out and, and and check it out. But I gotta ask you this: we talked a little bit about this when we were. Me and him tweeted back and forth for about a half hour, 45 minutes one night. How did you come up with the name of the band? I mean, and you, it's not easy to come up with a band name, but yeah. where did this come from? Uh, we started looking at, um, like, sacred weapons, like old mythological weapons or mythological anything, just trying to find something that might spark that Led Zeppelin feel or uh, I'm trying to think of another name that, you know, uh, what's his name? It's not even in the right genre. But anyways, we were looking for something with that little bit of a flair to it. And um, we found this thing. And, and basically, Taming Sari, what it represents is Sari is Mother Nature or a spirit life Mother Nature. And mankind is trying to tame that energy. And musically, we've been trying to do it for a long time. And so that's what we what we wanted to represent is that Sari is this female energy character, this mother nature that man wants to harness, and he never gives up trying. And um, so that's where we want to take it because the other part of it is in Malaysia, it's a sacred dagger. It was uh, used like thousands of years ago in, in battle. And now I believe it's in the hands of some Muslim warlord or something like that. I don't think anyone named owns the, the rights to the name, but we don't want to steal the name itself. We really want to give it a, because no one knows what it is here. We want to give it its own yeah. meaning here. So sorry is uh, mother nature, you know? And if ever people there do have a problem with it, actually we found people there being very supportive. We've had a lot of uh, people from Malaysia message us and say, it's so awesome that we're doing this <laughs> and that we're using it. So I mean, in that way, I'm happy. But if they ever expressed that they weren't happy, we would change it. Maybe we'd become Taming Zari. I hope not. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, 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 it's the name, you know. When you're a band and you start, you don't know. You don't know. You know, I think it's like, um, I think it was Blink-182 called themselves the Butthole Surfers originally. I think like, that's right. As a band, you don't really know. Yeah, you don't really know what you're going to become or where you're going to go. Um, so when we started, it was just like, let's find something that has that cool ring to it. And then we built this mythology around it and got the artwork done. And I hope it sticks. I hope we get to stay with it. And uh, as long as no one there uh, sues the hell off of our, uh, of, out of us, you know? <laughs> so 
tell me about first first get first gig you guys play. How did that go? Do you hear me? Sorry, go ahead. I lost yeah. you for a second. Okay, there we go. I thought you did. Uh, first gig you guys play. How did that go? Uh, it was like a Halloween show, and like it actually was very well attended, which is not normal for first gigs. And pre-COVID, getting people out to gigs um, in Eastern Canada, in Ontario, wasn't the easiest thing to do. You really needed to have some kind of pull. Um, most of our sellout shows, we opened for bigger bands. So it was nice. Our first show actually had costume wearers and people out. And um, I don't think we knew what the hell we were doing, but we had a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, it was a good show. Well, what, what was your first bit? What but was I've done big shows break? for nobody. Over no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This lag is killing For the me. band? Yeah. First big break oh, for, for oh, you yeah, guys. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, we're still waiting for a true big break, to be honest with you. But, but I think the, 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 we've had some good moments. Like, um, the Ottawa Senators are the um, NHL team here in Ottawa. And they, they gave us an opportunity to play during the intermission. And I know that, you know, hopefully in the future they'll have us back. Um, I've also worked with our sports channel, like the big sports channel up here in Canada before with getting our, our music in other sports related things. Um, now we're working with Beaver Tales and with Winterlude, which is a big national festival. So we're gonna do, have like a virtual performance released. Um, so, I mean, every show we do that we get to work with people who are not only maybe paying us, but also supporting us and sharing it with their fan base, with their audience. I think that's a step in the right direction for us. Right. Um, it's all about how we get the ears, you know? Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get a song that blows up in the right direction. Yeah, and I, th and I think you got one coming. I think you got, yeah, and if you want to see that, uh, that when they play the intermission of the Ottawa hockey game, that is on YouTube. I watched that this afternoon. They, the guys put on a killer show, uh, as you, I wouldn't expect anything. What was it like going in the studio and recording that uh, that day your debut album, Thirsty from the Drought? What was it like recording, getting to go in the in the studio and record? It's terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Driving up and like being with the guys is amazing, and you're the whole time you're just like you're living the dream. So it's it's really amazing. But when you get in there and it's time to take criticism which is what it is to work with a producer. If you're going to work with somebody who wants the very best out of you guys, they're going to criticize and they're going to rip things apart. I mean, down with the devil, which is our most watched video on YouTube. Um, I rewrote all the lyrics, all the verse lyrics I rewrote um, in studio because he told me just the producer said, it's not good enough. It's not, it's not what we want. It's not what we need try again. And I did try again. You know, so I think that's what you have to be ready for. If you're going to go work with somebody, you have to be ready that you're working with somebody else. It's not just about your opinion anymore. You're kind of, um, you're kind of saying, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying because this person that we're going to work with has studied the sound. 
And the, the result, the payoff is, is that you, the listener, you listen to it and you go, wow, I hear that sound that, that, that I heard in my, my youth that I really liked, yeah. but it's new. And that's the benefit to working with the producers. They know how to get that, that sound that you're looking for. And they hear it in the band. They hear it in the band that they're working with. So luckily he heard it and, and, and we were able to deliver. Um, sometimes you, you don't and, um, or, you know, you fail all the time. That's the other thing about being a musician. Just get ready to fail all the time and, um, and keep fighting. Or, or maybe you don't look at it as failing. I, I, don't, I don't sugarcoat too much myself. Um, but you can look at it as, you know, growing or moving in baby steps or whatever. But, you know, that old uh, image of the writer, like ripping up paper and throwing it away. Like, it's true. It's true. That's, <laughs> it's a lot of try, try again. <laughs> how, how long did it take to record that album? But when you get, oh, sorry. Um, uh, not too long. Like the actual like six months, I don't know, maybe less, three months. I don't know because we drove in and out from Ottawa to Toronto and then we'd spend like three, four or five days in Toronto record and then come back home. So Toronto is a five hours away, like 300 kilometers or something or I don't know how many miles that is, <laughs> but any did this, it was a real commitment. We had to book time, make sure we had a place to stay, make sure we had food and uh, we'd drive in and spend time and then drive out. But I think it was good. It just helped us have focus and helped us be away from whatever else might distract us. So we talked a little bit about before we started the interview about, you know, all these people were saying rock and roll was dead. Uh, that, that, that kind of music is going down. And even, uh, one of my, one of the guys that I've listened to all my life said that the youth have killed, uh, rock and roll music of Gene Simmons from Kiss was, had made that comment the other day. You feel like rock is dead or, or I'm, to me personally, I feel like rock is maybe making a comeback. Yeah, I, I think that, am I back now? Yeah, you're good. I hear you now. Am I here now? Okay, perfect. Um, rock is not dead. Rock is competing with everything, um, which is different. I mean, there was a time when, um, like, for example, the city I live in here, when my parents grew up here, it was 300,000 people or less. And now this city is over a million. And it's a lot of different people. It's a lot of uh, different uh, different sounds in coming into this country and coming into the coming from all over the world now. I think it's just a different market. It's a different place where you have to find your fans. And I think it's not easy for anyone. I'm friends with people in 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 all different genres, and I don't think it's it's easier for them. So no, rock's not dead. It doesn't matter if you're a hip hop artist. It's still it's a ton of work. It's a ton of work and you're yeah. going to have to fight. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, it's not dead. It's just competing with everything. And it's, it's like being on the internet. It's, it's, you used to go to the movie store, you used to pick out your movies, you used to go pick out your records and the internet changed everything. And now yeah. COVID has amplified it times a thousand 
Um, so it's just a weird world where changes happen so quickly where, I don't know, we used to joke about things going from the record to the eight track, to the tape, to the, to the CD, to the MP3, but now we're in this whole detached world and it, it went really fast. You know, that's all we can say. Um, rock's always going to have a place. I mean, I put on a, a sick rock album and, and I, it, God, it belongs. It doesn't matter. Like the legends are the legends. Like I'll put the very best of rock music up against anything. And I think it will stand if not, you know, bring the other people on side. Yeah. You know, great rock music. It, 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 there was, there was a lot of it. Maybe that was the issue was there was so much good rock music that it, it needed to maybe dissipate for a while. I don't know, but it, it, Right now, I think there's um, a need for it. Um, I think there's a need for people to feel like they have a culture. doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. And there's a need for people. And music needs to be a part of that culture. And it needs to be positive And it needs to have um, honesty to it. And like I said, I feel like you're in a town of 100 people. I came from a town of 1,400 people. And um, it's different. And when I came to the city, when I moved to the city, um, people would say to me, oh, you've got a twang to your voice. It sounds like you have a Southern <laughs> accent. I said, I do not have a Southern accent. That's ridiculous. But in Canada, people would pick out on these little different, different. And, um, but it's the honesty. The honesty is that uh, we, we do want to make this music. We do want to uh, pay tribute. That's the other thing. I think a lot of these artists are leaving us fast. Like, yeah. Tom Petty or or any of these great artists, they're they're going. They're they're either done touring like motherfuckers, excuse the language, but they're done doing it. And and you know, I think us and some other people need to pick up the mantle and um, keep carrying it. Say, you know, you did what you needed to do. We'll keep rock going, and they should be happy about it. Everyone who is old school rocker, I'm sure they're happy about it. I mean, Greta Van Fleet did great things for rock music, whether you like it or not. Like they got people listening to it again. Um, yep. Up here in Canada, we have got bands like Glorious Sons and um, uh, lots of music like that, where we're trying to revive it as well. So I think we're doing a good job uh, as a group and we're taking a place on Spotify which is important <laughs> and on Apple Music. We're, we're making sure people can find, you know, making sure people can find us. And we're always going to put on the best live shows, in my opinion. Uh, rock and blues music will all, and country music, will always put on the best live shows. Um, there, you, you know it. You guys know from watching the Super Bowl halftime shows that the best live shows are rock bands. And that... <laughs> And that's just the truth, right? I mean, I'm yeah. not making it up. I'm, I don't even think I'm being biased. It's just, you see ACDC come out on stage or you see the Rolling Stones come out on stage and they know exactly what they're going to do and, and they do it right. So, you know, I think rock will always have a place. We just have to, have to keep making it and, and not be ashamed of it, not be ashamed to make it. And um, I get support from all my other artist friends, no matter what genre they're in. You know, they're not saying, oh, Brock is bad. People love it. It's just, they're, I think people are afraid. People are afraid. You know, even when they make rock music, 
often today they try and make it very alternative very very different styles of rock whereas um i would like to to keep going i'd like to pay tribute to a certain sound and bring people to it you know yeah um and it's funny uh, you talk about ACDC and, and what they've done this year, coming back with a new album, and it just kicks it kicks butt. And yeah. and to listen to some of these other artists exactly. that from the past are saying nobody wants to hear the, our music, new music from us. Now everybody wants to hear the classics of ACDC. Just proved you wrong. I mean, ACDC just come out with a a killer album, and that just proved right there that people still want and, to hear new music from these classic bands. Tool did it like a few years before that, right? Like yeah. Tool came out and dominated. So, I mean, you can do it. You just have to find your fan base and get your fan base excited about your music. No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. You have to really go to everybody still. It's still a traveling gig. You're still taking your music to as many people as you can physically do so, even if it's on the internet or, or whatever. I mean, I want shows back. I mean, like all of us, like all artists, I want, I want live shows. That's what I miss. That's what I hope I get to do again one day. So how bad has this COVID been on you guys? I mean, has it been a lot of missed dates or a lot of things that you could have done? I mean, yes. I know everybody struggled with it, but uh, you know, a musician, that can't get out and do live shows is pretty much, you know, and, and I guess a lot of musicians have adapted and done YouTube and, and Facebook live and stuff like that. But how has it affected you? How bad has it hurt the guys as a band? Um, for us, we did, we've done incredibly well, but it was a real pain in the butt. Um, we've watched a lot of bands die we've watched a lot of bars close like most of the bars that i know and they won't exist when we come back um so the community is being this you know i, I we did four shows actually over covid but they were for a limited of 50 people only in in the bar and they're all socially distanced and they're all wearing masks when they're sitting down and they're being great. They're being great sports, but that's not the same rock and roll experience people are used to having. Being distanced, you sit here, you sit there. If you stand up, you wear a mask. I think it's hard for people to get into it. It was hard for us to to to, to go with it, but we but it we were lucky. We still got gigs. We've done some virtual gigs as well. Um, if you can't do that, if you can't get together as a band, um, it's really hard. I'll give you an example. We've got one guy in the band right now who lives in Quebec. And because of that, they're on curfew. He has to be in the house at by 8 p.m. Okay? Wow. By 8 p.m. in the house, or you get a ticket. You get a fine. It's like $800 or something ridiculous. So as a band, it's hard to schedule around things like curfews. Like whoever thought we'd be dealing with curfews issued by the government. I think it's incredibly hard to wrap our heads around. But 
we've been lucky. We, we, we keep looking for gigs. We keep looking for online virtual. We keep recording. Um, we keep looking for those. When it was available, we were 50 people. Shows. Sorry. Sorry about that. We were doing oh, shows good, for good. lots of people before. You know, um, we, so we were just doing. So let's talk a little bit because this internet is, is, is lagging a little bit now, but let's talk a little bit about this new song coming out next week. Uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, but I've heard it. I, I remember hearing the rough copy of it, and it was great with the rough copy because I remember to listen to it on a Sunday night when you sent it to me, and I was like, this, this right here is pretty awesome. And you guys have done it to finish touch it. You, I'll let you talk about it as much as you want to because I know it's coming out um, on Valentine's Day. And, and fitting for Valentine's Day, you put a ballad out on Valentine's Day. But, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about this song, uh, Gone and Run Away. Um, so as a band, we put out a, like nine rock songs and we decided like, uh, different levels of, of, of pop or banger, depending on which way we went. And we decided it was time to, uh, try and do a ballad. Of course, that slower tempo and, uh, the mushiness of a ballad can, can go wrong, can go badly wrong and, and quickly. So we thought maybe we're ready to take this on. And hopefully we don't get too corny. Hopefully we don't get too mushy. Hopefully we avoid all these pitfalls. And I think we did, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we just didn't, uh, it's always a worry. You know, you don't know if you're going to overdo something, but I think we, did. Um, and it will sound familiar to people. I know it will, because it, there's about 10 songs in it. There's about 10 hit songs um, that are a part of this song. You know, uh, it's a tribute to the blues. It's a tribute to old rock. Um, you know, back in a time when when a ballad rock song would just dominate the world. You know, I mean, of yeah. course, Their Way to Heaven or November Rain or, um, you know, Tuesday's Gone or whatever it might be, like those great ballads. Um, we wanted to pay tribute to that. Um, of course, I love Joe Cocker. That's like one of my personal favorites. I love Joe Cocker and, and uh, um, Janis Joplin. So at the end of the song, I really go for it. And I try yeah, to give yeah. my best Joe Cocker, my best Janis, and, uh, you know, give it that feeling. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. And I think we got it the best way that we could do it. And we're proud of it. And uh, I really hope people listen to it. Um, yeah, Gone and Run Away on Spotify or Apple Music. It'll come out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, guys, you do not want to, to miss out on that. That That is a great song. Like I said, I've been a fan of it since the, the rough edges of it when he sent it to I was really shocked when he sent it to me. When you sent it to me that night, I was like, wow, I'm getting something here. And I, I, was, I started listening. I said, man, this, this is – and, it, you know, it's got like a – like you said, a blue a rock and blues sound to it. Like uh, you hear it, I'll say this, my, me and my nephew listened to it the other night and it was kind of like a, a Black Crows feel to it. Uh, 
and but it, it had like you said it had several different different and back then you know this is so it was so good to hear you guys talking about doing a ballad because back then if you look at the albums that came out in rock back then they had a formula they had they had to have one ballad on each on each oh, album. yeah oh and, yeah you know you had like like the guns and roses oh, yeah. november rain uh you know skid row yeah. had i remember you stuff up here like in that. canada yeah we had we had april wine up here in canada and they would put out like ballad like they put out like four or five killer ballads where they just they made all their money and all their names with it which was amazing because they're such a good rock band but yeah, I mean the ballad's important. It's important, but it's hard yeah. to do. It's it's yeah, and it's tricky. Like you said, and it's uh, hard to keep from going to that mushy side. <laughs> yes, yes. Get it? It can easily be too corny. It can easily be come out whiny sounding, or whatever it might be. So yeah, I, we were keeping our our eye on that the whole time and trying to make it as honest as possible and. Like I said, uh, a tribute to those old blues songs or whatever about uh, about that classic thing about the broken heart, about the runaway, you know. Yeah how how hard do you find it to sit down and write actually write the lyrics to a song? I did one song a couple years ago for my wife for our twentieth anniversary, and I just wrote <laughs> the lyrics, but it came to me pretty quick because it was something that I had thought about and thought about and thought about, but it came to me pretty quick. I wrote it in maybe 45 minutes and I got a guy to put it, put it to music for me, but how hard is it to sit down and, I mean, I can't imagine writing eight or nine or how many ever you got, I'm sure if you did nine songs, you guys wrote uh, uh, twice as many songs as, as, nine, as nine. How hard is it to sit down and actually write a song? Um, okay, so, I really like it. I enjoy sitting down and, um, but I get to do some things that most people don't get to do, which is I get to sit in a, go into the room with the band and then they play riffs for me. They play stuff. They, they play different music for me and I get to hear the hooks before anyone else does. And if it hooks me, then I think, okay, that hooked me. Maybe that that's going to hook someone else. And normally with a hook will come like a few words, maybe within a few minutes. And uh, at, you want to build off. Um, I've done songs where I've gone to taken a whole song that's been given to me and then I just wrote, wrote the lyrics to it. Um, my advice is find a topic. Topics, topics, topics. That's the hardest thing. Like, you got to know what you're writing about. Once you know what you're writing about, then you can start to explore how other musicians dealt with that topic. And I think best people might not understand is a lot of uh, studying up on how the greats did things because that's okay to look at how the greats did things. That's, that's normal. They, right. they did the same thing. They did it too. That's how we, that's how we keep building on it. I'm not saying you copy, never copy, never plagiarize. You're looking for patterns. You're looking for um, nuances. You're looking for the words they use. I mean, I'll tell you right now, they use only about a thousand words in country music. You know what I mean? And they reuse those words. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean just the, you know what I mean? And I don't mean just the cliche words. I mean, but all of them. I mean, there's not that many. And 
um, rock music, music is kind of similar. Um, you're either writing about the girl or you're writing about the party or you're writing about the aftermath of something, um, you know, or you're writing about victory. You know what I mean? Like there's only so many topics. So you got to get into that and then have fun with it. And I mean, I always liked writing poetry. I was a nerd, like whatever. I was, I didn't have great English marks, but I, I liked writing poetry. So if you like that, then, you know, when I first got into writing music, I was obsessed with looking at what Bob Dylan did. I'd like look at Bob Dylan lyrics and just be like, what the heck is this guy doing? How is he going from <laughs> this to this to this all in one paragraph? Like he's insane, but it helped. It helped to look at, um, recognize the patterns, just like putting any puzzle together or building a house. Sometimes looking at a blueprint of any other kind will help you, you know? So it's hard, but it's fun. And yeah. the hard part is, don't be cliche. Don't copy. Put something new into this. And with Southern Rock, that's extra hard to do because that's why people stay away from it. That's why people will say rock is dead because they don't want the extra work of having to really try and be unique or be different while still having that sound, while still having um, bringing back that old feeling, you know? So I got a few quick hitting questions before I let you go. And these are going to be like, uh, if you could go back in time, you had your time machine, you could go back to any musical event. Where would you, what would you go to? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> there's so many good answers here. There's so many. Um, okay. A queen at Wembley, just because everybody wants to, you know, wants to be there to see that because I think what would be interesting would be to see all the shows before Queen and then see them um, dominate because there were so many good bands there that day according to what's been written and yet Queen came out and dominated somehow so I'd be really curious to see it because the lineup was was no little lineup it was, no. it was a very good show you know and there's like over 80,000 people there so I think, you know, besides Woodstock, you know, that Wembley gig is like one. You know, I, I'd be too worried about that. All right. Let's say you get stranded on a desert island. I know people have used this a hundred times. You got three albums you can have with you. What are those three albums? Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so you have to start with, um, uh, so I need Guns N' Roses. So of course, Appetite for Destruction. Um, I need some ACDC, so I need some Back in Black. And I know it's, I know it's like, it's cliche, but these things are things I have to go with. And Zeppelin too. Obviously I need Zeppelin too. God, I could, I could have just taken all Zeppelin and I would have been okay. But you know, <laughs> I love, I love all rock music. There's too many bands. Now I feel bad. I feel bad about a lot of bands that I just left out. Exactly. Really bad. Exactly. Look, we did, oh. we did a, we did a podcast. Like, why did I take this? Oh. We did a kiss. I had to pick the top 10, my top 10 kiss songs of all time. And I made that list probably seven or eight times. And every time I was like, I got to take, I can't leave this one out. I got to put this back in. How do you, you know, I, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. 
that's tough one with three yeah. three albums. But favorite voices, yeah, your that's favorite really rock hard. voices. I know you said Joplin and Joe Cocker. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think those two stylistically, because uh, they're belters and they go over the top, um, they're not afraid to, which I think is something, you know, most vocalists I encountered, there's a certain limit they don't want to cross. Uh, and those guys always do. They always cross it. So definitely them. But I also love, uh, I also really appreciate stylistically David Bowie or Prince or Prince. Um, some of these guys who came a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these guys who came a bit later and they just stylistically had everything perfect for them. You know, they were able to present it really just, you know, there's never going to be another Prince and there's never going to be another David Bowie. These guys just knew how to artistically present themselves as artists. And um, I think that's the classic rock. Um, what's his name from Free? I can't remember his name right I now. Can't I can't Yeah, head, I know you're talking about. There's some great put, it up, put All Right Now, the video to All Right Now yeah. up to yesterday, and I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Um, exactly. Those those guys I love too, you know. Are you a Purple Rain fan? The, the album? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. That's that's a that that's Prince's masterpiece to me. I was eleven years old, went and bought the purple rain shirt, the black shirt, and then I bought the cassette. Yeah, uh, purple rain from top to bottom for me was, was awesome. Have you guys got any upcoming event? I know you're going to re release uh, release the song coming up on, on Valentine's Day. Any upcoming events that you guys got, virtual or anything? And maybe I lost you for a second. Okay. What I was saying, do you guys got any upcoming virtual yeah, events? Yeah, so on the think? 13th, you can uh, tune in. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. Um, so we are doing a show virtually with um, something here in Canada called the Dragon, Ice Dragon Boat Festival. Um, so Dragon Boat is like um, people, they go out and they race. They row these boats and they race. And so in the summer, it's a big event. Um, and it, we were going to be part of that show, and it was postponed. So uh, in the summer, obviously, because of COVID. So they had us be part of this virtual event, which is uh, for Winterlude. And people come from all over the world normally to experience Winterlude here, which is like ice sculptures, uh, snow events of different kinds. We have the canal here in Ottawa, which is like a super long skating rink. I don't think it's the longest in the world anymore, but we used to be able to say that. And, um, you know, so we're a part of that event on the 13th. So uh, I'll, we'll be posting links for that. Maybe you, you'll retweet it if, for your people to see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, other than that, we have the song on the 14th. And then I think we're going to write. I think there's no point in looking or worrying about shows for the next couple of months. We're going we're gonna to probably try and get another couple of songs done. And then uh, we always say a couple and then it turns into one because it's hard as hell. But we're going to get it going <laughs> again. And then... Uh, yeah and uh hopefully have some more so that when things start to open up again like 
one day we'll be back at a thousand people shows or we'll be back at 500 people shows at least up here in Canada that's where I'm hoping we get to one day again and um, when that happens we'll be ready and you know we're, we're still a young band there's still so much work for us to do and um, we're just looking forward to it we have the new guitarist and we're looking forward to the next 10 songs we're done our first 10 time for the next 10. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to take up any more of your time but uh if you people want to find them out there, look at TamingSorryBand.com. And that's S-A-R-I, not S-O-R-R-Y with my southern accent. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's find, okay. That's how we say it, too. You can, you can find them on uh, Apple and Spotify. And don't forget, February 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, come, Gone and Run Away. I mean, I'm telling you guys, this is a, a great song. This is... If you like rock ballads, if you like Southern rock, you're going to love this song. I promise you. And, uh, man, Warren, thank you so much for taking time. And I apologize for, for this internet lag and, and, and all this stuff. Uh, but uh, definitely, definitely we'll keep our oh, eyes open worry. and we'll be supporting these guys. Guys, if you can, if you like what you hear, go to their website, buy some merchandise, buy a T-shirt, help support these guys. And uh, I, I'm definitely – Looking forward to getting my, my Tame and Sorry t-shirt soon. Uh, have you got t-shirts up there? I know the last time we talked, you were, you were working on getting another batch of t-shirts. Yeah, we still have to get more stuff. We still have to get more merchandise. Um, and then we have to work out, like, how we're going to ship it and all that stuff. But, you know, personally, I, right now what will happen is, is we'll ship it. Like, eventually – We'll ship it and we will get some new stuff and we will get it sent out to you. I promise um, soon as possible. I guess the best way to support the band right now is buy the songs on iTunes for a right. dollar or whatever they are, or, you know, and we will get the, uh, the merchandise up and going. And of course the major plan, what we'd love to do is go play music in, in the States yeah. one day. We'd love to come play in North Carolina uh, oh, yeah. and maybe oh, yeah. one day it's possible and it'll be more possible for us, you know, with a second album and, with a bigger following and uh, but that's the plan that's the hope that's the dream so um yeah we are going to get t-shirts and stuff to you though for sure thank you so much for having me on today hey, um, it was a lot of fun thank you for being here bud and, anytime, um, anytime I, really, I can find a band like uh, that sound like you guys it's awesome and, and you've been so uh so great to to share the music that hadn't even been released with me and uh yeah man I, you definitely you definitely got I, my support here, and we'll definitely be be pushing everything we can for you guys uh, from here on out. And if you come to North Carolina, Thank I you, promise man. you, I will be there. I will be there. If you come to North Carolina, I'll be there. Okay, excellent. We will one day. If we, as long as I can keep these guys working their butts off, then one day we'll be there. And uh, thanks so much for having us. It's just it's great. It was great, yeah. man. All right, guys, that's Warren Meredith, lead singer from Tame and Sorry.